page 531 in your songbook if you want it in the book, or it should be on the screens tonight. I know whom I have believed. It's great to see you all in the Lord's house uh, during this midweek service. Thank you for uh, making time and uh, being here tonight. Uh, looking forward to the message that uh, I'll get to share with you here in a few minutes. But uh, before that, let's go ahead and have a word of prayer and ask his blessings upon uh, our time together. Our Father, we're grateful for uh, the fact that we uh, do know whom we have believed and uh, Lord, if there's one here today that doesn't know whom they have believed, I pray, Lord, that they would uh, trust Christ as Savior tonight. And then, Lord, for the rest of us, I pray that you would draw us closer to you and to each other. And uh, Lord, thank you for this church and this church family. And I just pray, Lord, you'd guide and direct uh, during this service in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. We are going to uh, take a quick moment for our monthly memory verse, Joshua 1.8. Uh, does anybody have that memorized and would like to quote it tonight? Oh, walking in from the back, fashionably on time. Here we go. Uh, Brother Terry. Excellently done. Wonderful. Anybody else? That's a hard act to follow. 
you know, the Bullers, uh, they're in Norman, aren't able to come because of COVID, but uh, about once a month or so, they at least, they send in a little video, and uh, they did that again, and Avalyn uh, did her uh, version of Joshua 1.8 and did a fantastic job. So, Abby, if you're watching, good job. Uh, thanks for doing that, and uh, excellently done. And if I had a dum-dum, you'd get one. And I, I think I, you're... you're tabulating quite a lot of dum-dums. So when you uh, come back, um, we're going to have to give you a whole bag or something, but uh, good job on that. Okay, a couple quick, well, actually, let's all say it together. Uh, here, ready, begin. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein, for then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Joshua 1.8. All right, so uh, I want to take a moment to cover some of the announcements real quickly. Uh, the next thing uh, really on the calendar is Saturday morning, uh, the uh, ladies' brunch. And uh, I just wanted to kind of go over those details. I haven't really done a good job on going through the details on this one. Um, publicly, so I wanted to do that tonight. It is this Saturday from 10.30 to 12.30, and uh, all ladies and girls are invited to that, and uh, uh, certainly welcome to bring any friends to that. And then uh, it's going to take place in the Fellowship Hall, and uh, there is a cost to it. It's $3 per person for the brunch portion, and then uh, during the event, there will be a, an opportunity to make some crafts, and uh, my wife's very excited about that. She was working on it uh, today. Um, there's two craft options, $7 or $12, uh, and that's in addition to the $3, and uh, the, there's just different sizes. So um, that's about the, the best man explanation you're going to get on all that. Uh, but uh, it is going, we're going to have tasty food, sweet fellowship, Bible lesson, and uh, doing some crafts. So uh, that'll be a great time. And I know many of you have already signed up for that. If you haven't, please do that. Uh, but uh, that is uh, 1030 to 1230. And you can pay up, pay at the door. And uh, that'll be collected at the door there. Okay, any questions about the ladies brunch? All right, I'm going to assume everybody knows. And uh, we'll go with that. Then this Sunday is Old Fashioned Sunday, and uh, I hope you're getting excited about that. I know I am. It's going to be a, a great day together in the, in the house of the Lord uh, with the Lord's people. I uh, just want to remind everybody about the schedule, uh, 9.45 Sunday school uh, as normal, uh, 10.45 morning service as normal, um, and then after that we'll have dinner on the grounds. Uh, we'll head into the fellowship hall to get our food and go through a serving line, and then the drinks will be outside, and then really all the festivities, for the most part, will be outside. We will have a bounce house for the kids in the in the fellowship hall, as well as Nine Square set up for anybody who wants to play that, but then all the other games are going to be taking place outside, as well as the eating, and uh, also the um, the service at 145 will have outside as well. And uh, you'll see when you come in on Sunday, you'll see the uh, stage set up outside and uh, sound system and all that. So uh, that's where we'll have all the, uh, the afternoon service. And the weather is supposed to be just on point uh, on Sunday. And uh, the Lord has uh, been very gracious to give us that, that good weather for that day. 
Um, again, if you're able to and want to, you can dress up old-fashioned. Um, I'm going to do a little bit, and then uh, then my kids are wondering if we do a prize for the most old-fashioned dress-up. And I was like, no, I don't think so, but we'll see. It depends. <laughs> it depends on how old-fashioned some of you dress up. We may decide to do that. Uh, but uh, anyway, that'll be a lot of fun. Uh, doing that, and then the games as well. Um, pie contest, reminder about the pies, uh, to bring those in on, uh, on Sunday morning. That would be tremendously uh, wonderful. Um, I think that's all the announcements I wanted to make about that, uh, Old Fashioned Sunday. And if you have questions, you can see myself, uh, Miss, Mr. Blake, uh, or any one of the staff afterwards, and uh, we'll be glad to answer as best we can. Uh, a week from tonight, we'll be having a missionary to Serbia, Matt Miller. Um, he's on deputation, and uh, he's trying to raise support. And so he'll be with us and sharing his ministry. Um, and uh, so that'll be next Wednesday night. And then next Friday night, uh, the first NOAA ministry event of 2020 <laughs> uh, is our Hobo Stew Night. That's kind of an annual event that has taken place uh, for many years, I guess. And uh, it's always a highlight. And so for those involved in that... Um, that is coming up next Friday, and then we have a couple other things happening, a quarterly business meeting on October 25th, that'll be part of the evening service that night, and then uh, there'll be a deacons and uh, board of directors meeting uh, that Thursday of that week, and then November 1st, time change, that's where we get to get our hour back that was stolen from us in the spring, and so we get it back uh, that day, but we also have Missions Emphasis Sunday, and uh, that's when we'll be actually taking up our Faith Promise Missions commitments. Uh, we haven't really done that since April of 2019. So it's been, uh, well, it'll be about a year and a half since we've done that. So it's time to do that again. And uh, we'll do that on November 1st. Uh, with all the missionaries coming through, we need to figure out financially what we can and cannot do. Uh, so that, uh, that will really help us with that. Okay, I think that's all the announcements I wanted to make. Um, I do want to highlight one of our missionaries. Uh, it's my turn to uh, read the missionary letter uh, tonight, and uh, I'm going to be reading from the Mallard family. There are missionaries to Australia, and uh, they came through uh, a couple months ago, about three months ago, and uh, we had the privilege of taking them on for support. They're on deputation. He has uh, pastored for, I believe, 15 years before the Lord called them into uh, missions, and uh, now they're by faith going uh, on deputation to try to raise support to go to Australia, become a missionary there. And uh, he writes this, Dear pastors and prayer partners, it is with great excitement and encouragement that I sit down to write this update. There have been some amazing things take place in the last couple of months. The most amazing thing is to look back and see how God's hand was evident all along the way. We've had a full schedule the last two months. We've been in Arkansas, boy, he puts all the abbreviations, and I'm going to try to say them right. I may not, but you'll never know because you don't have the letter in front of you. So there you go. Uh, I believe it's Arkansas, Indiana, Ohio, Illinois, Missouri, Alabama, Florida, and Kansas. And uh, we'll be in Kansas and Oklahoma for the month of October. We're thankful for the opportunity to share the burden that God has given us for Western Australia as well as to meet God's people along the way. And uh, I, I like hearing about what our missionaries who are currently on the field doing, and then it's nice to hear, or it's neat to hear as well, uh, what some of these younger missionaries uh, or earlier on in their missionary 
career uh, as they go through deputation, how the Lord is, is working there as well. So um, let's see, I'm excited to report that because of the churches that have took us on for regular support, we have went from 37 to 48.6%, but who's counting since our last update? And we're anxiously awaiting 50% because, Lord willing, that is a time we would present our visa paperwork to the Australian government. I would ask that you please pray for this, as only God can move the hearts of those that will touch that paperwork. It's not good luck or fortune. It's God and God alone. In the month of August, we were in northern Indiana and scheduled up in, uh, I believe, Michigan for a meeting when we got word that my mother's, my wife's mother went, had went to heaven. So we immediately headed back to Missouri to be with family and have funeral services. This was very unexpected. We are so thankful that almost two weeks to the day before we were able to spend the day with her, uh, or we were able to spend the day with her. We had a wonderful time and made some precious memories that day. And while it was hard, we rejoice in knowing that according to her testimony, she is now in the presence of Jesus, awaiting a glad reunion day with those that know him as well. Also, since we gave an update, the Lord saw fit to sell our house. Remember, when they were through here, that was one of their big repair requests, is that their house would sell. And it uh, looks like that happened. We closed on our house and within hours picked up a pull-behind trailer. We obviously had to sell our minivan and find something to pull the trailer. Thankfully, the van sold, and we were able to find a 2001 Ford Excursion with a 7.3-liter diesel. It's been amazing watching God put, put all of this together. While I'm a newbie at pulling a trailer, it's been a blessing to have our place wherever we are. And uh, we've had, we have a few open dates in December, and uh, uh, basically he says, uh, we look forward to representing you on the field of Australia as soon as possible, and uh, the Mallards... Uh, write that. So um, let's take a quick moment and uh, have a word of prayer for the Mallard family as they continue on in their journey. Uh, Lord, we thank you for how you have blessed the Mallard family. Thank you for allowing us to cross paths with them, for allowing us to partner with them prayerfully and financially. Uh, Lord, I do pray as they continue on in their deputation, Lord, that it would that you would guide and direct and that you'd provide uh, the meetings and the right churches that would also partner with them and that they might be able to get to the field uh, very quickly. I know that's their heart. Um, but Lord, along the way, I pray you'd uh, help them to trust you and, and uh, help them to learn lessons that uh, you have for them uh, on this journey of deputation. Um, Lord, I do pray that you grant them safety as they travel. I pray, Lord, that you would help them uh, to try to have some type of balance in their lives as they go from church to church. And uh, Lord, I pray that, again, that you would help them to get to the field very quickly and be very effective as they reach out to those people there in Australia. But meanwhile, I pray that you'd help them to be um, effective as they minister to the people along the way. And uh, we'll thank you for how you work in their lives in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Well, this time we're going to continue on with another song, uh, Cleanse Me, page 57 in your hymnal, and the words will be on the screen. And if you would join me in standing for this song, we'll th sing three verses of this. <clears throat>
Thank you for the music tonight. I appreciate it very much. All right, we're going to continue our series tonight, Comfort in the Crisis. And we started this way back in March of this year. And so we've been in this series for uh, well over six months, seven months, I guess now. Um, And it's because of what we've been going through. And this particular psalm deals with... uh, Difficulty and crisis, uh, maybe more than some of the other hint or the other psalms that we've looked at, and so I just kind of want to revisit this thought of uh, comfort in the crisis. Uh, but the title tonight is "Overwhelmed but Not Overcome," and we'll be in uh, Psalm sixty-one tonight. Psalm sixty-one, and uh, we're going to study these eight verses. And I know that uh, sometimes you think, okay, well, there's only eight verses. It probably isn't going to be that long of a message, uh, as opposed to if it's, there, it's longer. Well, that's not always the case. But uh, I, do, I don't think we'll be here too lengthy tonight. Um, I do want to take some time after the uh, service if you are able to stay. And again, I know some of you have to get up early and go to work. But uh, if you're able to stay, we could use a little bit of help getting set up for the uh, ladies' activity on Saturday. 
uh, getting uh, the walls moved out, tables set up, and chairs and things like that shouldn't take too long. Psalm 61, um, I'm just going to read and start with the first two verses here and uh, have a word of prayer, and then we'll get into this. Uh, Psalm 61, verse 1, uh, David here is the human author of this, and he says, Hear my cry, O God, attend unto my prayer. From the end of the earth will I cry unto thee. When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. And uh, the big phrase that we're going to kind of come back to throughout this whole message is in verse number two, when my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. Lord, we're grateful for your word. We're we're thankful for how it uh, ministers to our hearts in all kinds of different seasons of life, including times when our hearts are overwhelmed. Um, When we're going through times of tremendous difficulty and the circumstances around us are indeed overwhelming, Lord, thank you for the fact that your word gives us insight and instruction on how to deal with those times. And uh, Lord, I pray that you would use this particular passage that David wrote many centuries ago uh, to encourage us as we face what we're facing right now. And uh, we'll thank you for all that you do in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So uh, David is the human author of this. And and what's kind of neat to study when you're going through these different psalms is trying to figure out what David was going through when he penned each of these different psalms. And uh, as as I began to study this and to look through this, there's no real evidence that there's an exact time in which he wrote it. Now, now I know it was written in an exact time. We just don't know when that was exactly. Uh, Commentators uh, believe that it was written during a time when he was in exile, could have been, uh, when uh, he was running for his life from the hand of Saul and trying to avoid him at all costs because he kept throwing javelins at him. And by the way, he happened to be his father-in-law as well. And uh, so again, you think your father-in-law situation is rough, just ask David, and uh, he'll tell you that uh, I've got a father-in-law situation that'll blow your mind. Uh, He tries to kill me every time he sees me. Uh, But, uh, or it could have been, and and I think this is more likely, and most commentators kind of lean this direction, and I do too, that uh, it was probably when David was king and uh, his son Absalom was trying to overthrow King David, and, and uh, David ran for his life, and, and it was during that time that he wrote Psalm 61, and I believe that's probably when that happened. And uh, as you think about what David must have been feeling like when his own son uh, was trying to overthrow him, uh, you can imagine that he would feel a little, as verse 2 says, overwhelmed. Uh, because of his circumstances were a little over the top. I mean, really, it, it seemed like every area of his life was falling apart, especially his family and now even his uh, really career. Uh, he was the king there, and, and uh, now he maybe didn't have a job anymore, and uh, he was overwhelmed with the circumstances of his life. And uh, the only thing kind of going for him was his relationship with God because he had rectified that, made that right many years ago uh, before, uh, well, after uh, uh, Nathan confronted him about his sin, he got that right with God, but 
now he's kind of dealing with some of the uh, consequences of those sins and some of the fallout of that. And uh, his, his heart is overwhelmed. And so he, he, he's having a tough time dealing with all that's going on in his life. And I don't know if you've ever been there. I would dare say probably all of us have. Uh, if, if nothing else, all of us have maybe been a little overwhelmed in, uh, in the year 2020. And this year, uh, we have experienced quite a few uh, overwhelming situations. Um, I think back to even the local tragedy that took place uh, in February uh, when several students were hit by a drunk driver just down the street there at Moore High School. And then it was shortly after that that our world was introduced to the coronavirus called COVID-19, which uh, caused a shutdown of our entire country, our economy shut down, and even our church shut down for a couple months. And then during this pandemic, uh, racial tension has been going on in our country like uh, it hasn't gone on in, in, in recent years. It's, it's uh, hit a peak during uh, 2020. And as a result, protests and looting and rioting have uh, followed all of that. Uh, there have been uh, tremendous natural disasters in 2020 that have taken place. And oh yeah, if those aren't enough, it's an election year too. And uh, it's been a little crazy, and it's about to get even crazier, uh, right, as we get uh, just that much closer. We're under the, uh, the month uh, countdown now uh, before we get to election. And so uh, it's been a little crazy year, or maybe a better word to f- use and copy David here, it's been a, an overwhelming year for many. And this isn't even counting what you personally have gone through. And I'm sure that all of us have gone through some difficult things, maybe financially, maybe health-related. Maybe our family situations have, uh, we've gone through some really difficult scenarios in our family. Um, I'm not sure what you've gone through, but uh, I, I know that all of us can and will experience times where we will feel like David in verse number two when he said, my heart is overwhelmed. And uh, how did did David handle uh, that moment in his life, that overwhelming moment uh, where he was yet, yes, he was overwhelmed, but as we see as he gets through this psalm, he was not overcome. And uh, how can we overcome in this, in, during times when, when our heart is overwhelmed, how can we avoid from being overcome? And how can we make it through? How can we be victorious in those seasons where it is indeed overwhelming? And that's what we're going to look at tonight. And Paul said uh, in 2 Corinthians chapter number 4 and verse number 8, he said, We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed but not in despair. We are persecuted, but not forsaken. We are cast down, but not destroyed. And uh, what Paul was saying is, look, our hearts have been overwhelmed with what we've gone through, but we're not overcome. Uh, We're not destroyed. We're still moving forward. And and how can we do that? How was David able to overcome, even though his circumstances were overwhelming his heart? So tonight we're going to look at six aspects of David's relationship with God that helped him overcome those overwhelming circumstances in his life. And if it helped David, uh, by the way, David and us and me are made out of the same dirt. And uh, you're made out of the same dirt as David was. And if it helped him, it can help all of us too. 
So let's look at these six aspects of his relationship with God. First of all, notice here in verse number one and two, uh, we see David's prayer. David's prayer. Uh, Hear my cry, O God, in verse number one. Attend unto my prayer. From the end of the earth will I cry unto all my friends on social media. Uh, No, unto thee. And see, when... Uh, when the temptation for all of us, when we're going through a time that is overwhelming, to go and tell everybody and their brother and their sister and their goldfish, uh, David decided that he was going to go to the Lord in prayer. And uh, I know when when we go through difficult times, we kind of try to escape that by turning our attention elsewhere. Uh, Maybe we turn our attention to uh, entertainment and we just... I just need to watch something to get my mind off of what I'm going through. And, and there's, it, it's okay to give your brain a rest. But at the same time, uh, David chose, instead of trying to escape his problem, to go and deal with his problem by going to the only person that could help him with his problem. See, uh, we sometimes go to entertainment. Maybe even we go to work. Sometimes I like to go and mow my yard. I actually really enjoy, anybody else kind of weird like that? You like to mow? Okay, I'm not the only one, good. Um, I like to mow. And so yesterday I was like, hey, I think that the front yard needs to be mowed. And, and Julie's like, no, I think it needs to grow a little bit more. And then we do it one more time. And I'm like, oh, mowing season is almost over. Brother David's probably glad mowing season is almost over. Uh, he Brother David, in case you don't know, he, he's so faithful to make our, our yard here look so good, and he does it on a weekly basis. Uh, well, maybe not weekly right now. It's kind of maybe every other week or every two or three weeks. But um, So he's kind of looking forward to the non-mowing season. But I like to mow. It's therapeutic for me. It gets my mind off of, like I said, some of the things that I'm dealing with. And um, we, we, we maybe want to pour ourselves into other things, but... But David decided that he was, going to, he was going to pray. He was going to go to the one who could help him the most during the time that he was experiencing these overwhelming circumstances. 1 Peter 5 and verse number 7 tells us to casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. He cares for us, so he invites us to give all of our cares upon him. And uh, in, in uh, Psalm 55 and verse number 22, it says, uh, cast thy burden upon the Lord and he shall sustain thee. He shall never suffer the righteous to be moved. So he invites us to uh, take our burden and, and, and bring it before him. A lot of times we like to talk to our friends and talk to those around us and, and, and to, to a point that there's nothing wrong with that. But as long as we have taken the time to bring it to the one who can really help us. Philippians 4, 6 says, Be careful for nothing, uh, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Well, I thought God knows our requests before we even ask. Yeah, you are right. He does know, but he does invite us and tell us to do that because it's a way that we can cast that burden upon him. And then the promise after we do that, the peace of God which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So David's prayer was his first response. 
Uh, when his heart was overwhelmed, he went to the Lord in prayer. Have you ever thought about this fact? And this might blow your mind, but um, that nothing actually overwhelms God? I mean, you and I easily get overwhelmed, right? You watch in the news for five minutes, it's like your mind can't comprehend all of it. But, but the Lord is never overwhelmed. He's never been overwhelmed and never will be overwhelmed. And he's always in complete control and he's always perfectly calm in every situation. And combined of the situations that are going on, he's not, what are we going to do? He is completely in control. So how do we deal with those circumstances in our lives that might overwhelm our hearts? Well, prayer is the best place to start. Prayer is the best place to start. So we see David's prayer there. And, and again, just an encouragement for all of us when we're going through a time of, uh, that, that's overwhelming uh, to, to take it to the Lord in prayer first. But then we see number two here, not only David's prayer, but we see his perspective in verse number two. He said, from the end of the earth will I cry unto thee. That's his prayer. Then we said, when my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. Now, who is that rock? What is that rock? Well, most of us who've been saved for a long time know that it's the Lord. It's Jesus Christ, really. Your, your Bible is open to Psalm 61. If you look at the very next psalm, Psalm 62, there's a, there's a few verses in this psalm that kind of show us who, who this rock is. In verse number one, he says, Truly my soul waiteth upon God. From him cometh my salvation. He only is my rock. And my salvation, he is my defense, I shall not be greatly moved. Verse number six. Uh, well, verse number five, my soul wait thou only upon God. My expectations from him, he only is my rock and salvation. In verse, in verse seven, in God is my salvation and my glory, the rock of my strength and my refuge is in God. So the Lord is our rock. He's the one in which we should uh, desire to uh, be led to, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. You might be going through something right now that's bigger than you. You know, this, this trial, it's like I can't control this. I, it's out of my hands. It's, it's overwhelming. It's, it's too big for me. Where do you need to go then? Well, you need to go to God who is higher than you. Because God is higher than everything else, and God is bigger than any trial, any circumstance, or all the circumstances combined, he's bigger than all of them. If you picture yourself at the bottom of a mountain, and there's a giant, a giant tree there at the bottom of that mountain, and you stand at the bottom of that mountain, at the bottom of that tree, and you look up at the top of the tree, and you're like, man, this is a huge tree. This is ginormous. And then your friend comes along and says, hey, what are you doing here? Come on. We're going to go take a hike. You're like, I don't want to take a hike. You need to take a hike. And so you join them on this hike, and you hike up this mountain, and you get to the top of this mountain. And, and your friend says, this is why you needed to take that hike, because I want you to look and see. And so you get up there and you see this huge view. I mean, it's just breathtaking. 
mainly because you're out of breath, right, from hiking all the way up that mountain, okay? And uh, I think that's why they call it breathtaking. I just figured it out right now. But you get up to the top of that mountain, and you're looking down, and then your friend says, hey, okay, I want you to look right there. Do you see that? That's that tree that you were looking at when you were down at the bottom of the mountain. Do you see that little dinky twig thing way down there? Like, I no, I just see kind of a bunch of trees there. And he's like, exactly. When you were down there looking at it, it looks so big. But now that you're way up here, it doesn't look so big anymore, does it? And see, the idea is for us to think about the Lord. And when we think about the Lord, our problems don't look near as big as they did. When we're standing there looking at them and just focused on our problems. Uh, David said, please lead me to the rock that is higher than I so that I don't, uh, I'm not overwhelmed by these problems anymore and I'm certainly not overcome by them. Think about David. Uh, well, we're talking about David here. But I think about him earlier in his life as he uh, happened upon a scene there as the nation of Israel was basically paralyzed because there was this very large man defying the armies of Israel. And no one was willing to do anything about it. They were paralyzed for 40 days and 40 nights. They were just sitting there waiting for this guy to die. I don't know what they were waiting for. But finally, David happens on here, and he's uh, delivering DoorDash, you know, and he brings his cheese and his uh, bread to his brothers, and, and uh, he's like, what's going on? And they tell him what's going on, and he's like, well... I'll take him. And they're like, well, wait a minute. You, you can't take him. You're just a kid, you know. And, I, and his brother said, I know why you're doing this. You know, you're, you're so proud and blah, blah, blah. Well, here's the thing. When, let me, I'm going to go back there to 1 Samuel chapter number 17. And if you want to, because I want to show you a verse here. 1 Samuel 17 verse 45. Finally, he gets permission from the king to go face this giant. He gets to him in verse 45. Then said David to the Philistine, Thou comest to me with a sword. By the way, his sword was big. Now comest to me with a spear. His spear was big. With a shield, big. But I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom thou hast defied. So was Goliath bigger than David? Yeah, absolutely. Were the things that he had, his possessions, bigger than David? Yeah, his spear, his shield, his sword, all of them bigger. All of them huge. All of them daunting. But see, David wasn't so focused on the giant. He was focused on God. And when we go through difficulties, it's easy to get focused on how big our problems are, right? Man, it's just... This is so difficult, and I'm never going to make it past this. Well, why don't we learn a lesson from David as he faced Goliath and get his eyes off of the giant and to someone much bigger than the giant, and that is the Lord. And that's what he ended up doing. And because his eyes were on the Lord, he knew that God could take care of it. And uh, guess what? God can take care of what you're going through as well, even though it might overwhelm your heart. God can take care of it. So David's perspective was, I want to get to 
a place that is higher than I am because when I do, then I have a much better perspective. But when I'm just down in the dumps and just looking at how big my problems are, that's not going to help me. So I need to get uh, my eyes fixed upon the one who is bigger and better than uh, and higher than all of my problems. So David's perspective. But then I want us to see here, number three, David's past. And verse number th- verses number three and four says, For thou hast been, so that's past tense, thou hast been a shelter for me, and you have been a strong tower from the enemy. And so verse four, I will abide in thy tabernacle forever. I will trust in the covert of thy wings, Selah. And so what David did here, as he was overwhelmed with the circumstances of his life, is he went back in time in his mind and reflected on what God had done in the past. He remembered the victories that God had won previously in his life. And it caused him then to uh, decide to abide, in verse number 4, and to trust. 2 Corinthians uh, 1, in verse number 9, And 10, if you want to just jot that reference down to look at this later, because this really does help us understand what we're trying to say here on thinking back to what God has done should help us today uh, to trust him today and to know that he'll take care of us in the future. 2 Corinthians 1.9 says, We had the sentence of death in ourselves that we should not trust in ourselves, but in God which raiseth the dead. And here it is, verse 10. Who, uh, talking about the Lord, who delivered us from so great a death and doth deliver, in whom we trust that he will yet deliver us. So we see in that verse that uh, there is a past, present, and future acknowledgement of God's deliverance. He said, who delivered us from so great a death? That means that he did deliver us in the past. And as a result, we can trust him to deliver me today and doth deliver. And then in whom we trust that he will yet deliver us. So down the road, when we face another overwhelming uh, scenario in our lives, we can trust that God will see us through that as well. Um, 1 Samuel chapter 17. Well, I won't make you turn there because we were just there a moment ago. But 1 Samuel 17, when David faced the, the giant, right before that, here's what he said in verse 37. Uh, the Lord that delivered me out of the paw of the lion and out of the paw of the bear, he will deliver me out of the hand of this Philistine. See, what, what God did in the past, I'm thinking about those things which will help me to now trust him for what I'm facing today. See, God never changes If he was able to deliver me years ago or yesterday, then I can trust him today because while my circumstances have changed, he hasn't. And see, he has the power and the same ability and the same uh, strength to take us through what we're going through today just like he did yesterday. And just like he did yesterday, he's going to take me through what I might face tomorrow around the bend. And when I deal with whatever I'm going to face three years from now, God will see me through that because he saw me through what he saw me through yesterday. 
And so that's what David's saying here in verses 3 and 4. He's like, thou hast been a shelter for me and a strong tower from the enemy. <coughs> Excuse me. I, and so because you have been that for me, I'm going to abide in thy tabernacle forever, and I will trust in the covert of thy wings. So, if, And by the way, uh, for those of us who are saved, I mean, thinking back to what, Je- what God did for us in saving us, if he, was, if he was able and had the power to meet our greatest need way back when we got saved, really everything else we face is easy peasy, lemon squeezy. I mean, it's cake to him. Because what he did for us in, in saving us and forgiving us of all of our sins, that was our greatest need. And that was the most uh, important thing. And he took care of that. And so he can take care of the other things that we'll face in our lives as well. So David's past. Maybe tonight you maybe need to look back. And, and this is one of the reasons that uh, people are encouraged to uh, take journals and uh, if you don't do that, I would encourage you to do. I'm not a good journaler because um, I, I, I can't even say it, number one. Uh, but uh, it is a, it's a good thing to kind of go back later on and see how God did provide. And it will uh, encourage your faith when you are a little down, when you are overwhelmed. And that's what David was doing. He's basically kind of going back into his diary, his journal. And it was like, oh, yeah, you've been a shelter for me. You were a strong tower from the enemy. So, verse 4, I'm going to abide in thy tabernacle forever. Verse 4, I'm going to trust in the covert of thy wings. Because of what you did in the past, I know you can do today, and I know you'll do tomorrow as well. So David's past. But number 4, David's promise. David's promise. Verse number 5. For thou, O God, hast heard my vows. Thou hast given me the heritage of those that fear thy name. So verse 5, he also kind of goes back in his mind and remembers the vows, the promises that he has made to God. And and that was an encouragement when he was in uh, in a time when his heart was overwhelmed to remember some of those decisions that he had made to the Lord. And it was time now to keep those decisions. It wasn't time to back off on those decisions. It was time to go forward with them. Uh, And he remembered, oh Lord, you've heard my vows. you You were there when I said that I was going to do this and I was going to do that. And so I'm going to endeavor to be faithful to those promises. And so he went back to those commitments. He went back to the vows that he made to the Lord. What were some of those vows? Well, uh, Psalm 101 in verse number uh, 2, he says this, I will behave myself wisely in a perfect way. I will walk within my house with a perfect heart. Verse 3, I will set no wicked thing before mine eyes. Uh, He made several different, uh, as you go through the Psalms, you'll see some of the different vows that he made to the Lord. And uh, I would encourage us to kind of remember the decisions that we made uh, when the Lord spoke to our heart and we decided to do something about what God had spoken to us about. In those times when our heart is overwhelmed, that's the time to remember, oh yeah, I promised that I wouldn't quit. Oh yeah, I promised I wouldn't, I, 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 I would trust him. And this is the time to remember those vows. I heard this in in college multiple times. Um, Don't forget in the night what God gave you in the light. The night's going to come when it's dark and you uh, maybe can't see as well as you did when it was light. But remember what God gave you in the light? 
When it's dark outside, stay with what you decided when you had clear understanding. And that's what David's kind of saying here is, when my heart is overwhelmed, I'm going to remember those things that you heard me say. I'm going to keep my promises. I'm going to keep my vows. So we see David's promise. But then number five, uh, we also see David's preservation here. The David's preservation, verse number six, where it says, Thou wilt prolong the king's life. And uh, many Bible scholars think that in verses uh, 6 and 7, he kind of changes from the first person to the third person as he's talking about himself. He says, Thou wilt prolong the king's life and his years as many generations. He shall abide before God forever. O prepare mercy and truth which may preserve him. So as he's kind of in this moment of uncertainty and a moment of where his heart is completely overwhelmed and not sure how he's going to make it through, he understood that God was going to be the one to preserve him and make it okay. Uh, We like to be the ones in control. We like to be the ones who kind of uh, make sure that we're taken care of. But ultimately, it's we really have, I mean, we have some responsibility to take care of ourselves for sure. But Ultimately, it's God that preserves us. And he understood that in verse number six. Thou, talking to God, will prolong the king's life. He says, I, I'm believing, I'm trusting that you're going to see me through this and that I'm not, my life's not going to end right here. And uh, I'm trusting that my years will be as many generations. I'm trusting that um, I'm going to abide before you forever. And uh, I know mercy and truth is going to preserve me. By the way, this is also a prophetical uh, passage in verses 6 and 7 to the Lord Jesus and how the Lord Jesus is the ultimate fulfillment of verses 6 and 7. Uh, the, the Lord Jesus, his life is going to be prolonged. His years will be as many generations. He shall abide before God forever and uh, mercy and truth preserved him. So, I mean, this is a perfect, uh, or Jesus is the perfect fulfillment of verses 6 and 7. But David uh, claimed by faith that God would be the one to preserve him. And David's remembering that it is God who does the preserving, and, and we need to remember that. Uh, he, he mentions in verse number 7, he says, Oh, prepare mercy and truth, which may preserve him. So that's kind of interesting that he says that God's mercy and God's truth was going to preserve him. A couple of verses about that. Uh, in mercy, when it comes to mercy, Lamentations 3 and verse 22, um, Jeremiah said, It is of the Lord's mercies that we're not consumed because his compassions fail not. So the Lord's mercy does preserve us. If it wasn't for the Lord's mercy, none of us would be here right now. But because of his mercy, we're all preserved. We're all still here. But then he says God's truth uh, preserves us as well. Psalm 17 and verse number 4 says, Concerning the works of men by the word of thy lips, I have kept me from the paths of the destroyer. So in other words, the word of God as we read it, as we meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written in, therein. If, if we're willing to let the word of God 
for us to be in the Word of God and for allow, us to allow the Word of God to be in us and that we live it, the Word of God has the ability to preserve us from going down the paths of the destroyer. Um, there is something very uh, protective about doing the Word of God. Uh, there is something very helpful about uh, being in God's Word and allowing God's Word in us. I mean, if you follow the Word of God, you're going to avoid lots of sin that's going to cause a lot of heartache and trouble. And so uh, David knew that the Word of God, the truth of God, would preserve him. And so he looked at, uh, he was cons- uh, thankful for uh, the preservation that God would give him. But then, number six, and uh, last thought here is David's praise. David's praise. How many thought that that was going to be the, the blank on that one? Uh-huh, I figured, yeah, a couple of people, I figured. There's always some who try to guess what the preacher's going to put in the next, uh, the next blank. But yeah, David's praise in verse number 8. So he says, So will I sing praise unto thy name forever, that I may daily perform my vows. Uh, notice he didn't say, hey, my heart is overwhelmed, so verse number 8, so will I murmur and complain all day and wallow in all my depression and my horrible life. That's not what he says. He says, so will I sing praise unto thy name forever. He chose to rejoice in the Lord even during major difficulty in his life. A lot of times we like to talk about the greatness of our problems rather than talking about the greatness of our God. I want to encourage all of us tonight, when, when you go through a difficult time, maybe you're going through one right now, maybe your heart is overwhelmed right now, don't talk about how, wonder, how huge and great your problems are. Instead, get your eyes on the rock that is higher than you And talk about how great God is. And that's what David decided to do here. I will sing praise unto thy name forever. Uh, Back in Psalm 34, in uh, verse number 1, here David is writing this. And he said, I will bless the Lord at all times. Well, just the times when you win the lottery. Just the time when, you know, you get a, a big, huge, fat raise. No, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth, David says. And, well, oh, David must have, you know, been experiencing a tremendous, uh, a wonderful blessing time right when he was writing this. No, actually he wasn't. We studied this the very first Sunday uh, of 2020 when we announced our theme that it was magnify the Lord because that is found in verse number three. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. But then in verse four, he talked about how the Lord delivered him from his fears. In verse number six, he talked about how he was a poor man. And in verse number six, also, he says that uh, he saved him out of all his troubles. So as David writes in verse one of Psalm 34, I'll bless the Lord at all times, he's not talking as a guy who's sitting on a mountaintop experience, you know, everything's just going hunky-dory. No, not at all. He's in a time of trouble. He's in a time where he was fearful. He was in a time where he felt very poor. And still he was able to say, I will bless the Lord at all times. So 
Can you bless the Lord during the circumstances that you're going through that might overwhelm your heart? Yes, you can. And yes, you should. Acts chapter 16 and verse number 25 says, And at midnight Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them. So they must have, again, they must have gotten a bunch of high fives and a big, huge love offering. And I mean, you know, just had a Baptist potluck and everything was just, no, they were imprisoned. And they sang praises unto God. So when we are going through times that are overwhelming in our life, that's the time to do what verse 8 says, so will I sing praise unto thy name forever. And then notice here, that I may daily perform my vows. When I do that, it kind of helps me kind of like get some reality, do a little reality check in my life and say, okay, now that I have my perspective right, I'm going to daily perform my vows. I'm going to be faithful to the Lord and do what I've said I was going to do. I'm going to praise you so that I'm not overcome and so that I can continue to be faithful to you, Lord. So tonight, what aspect of your relationship with God do you need to implement in your life that will prevent you from being overcome by those moments that seem overwhelming? What aspect? We talked about David's prayer, how he went first to the Lord. It was his first response, verse 1. It wasn't like, you know, verse 27 where he says, oh yeah, I'm going to pray now. It was verse 1. That's significant. And that was his first response. And, and, and to let that become our, our knee-jerk reaction to difficulties is to go to the Lord with it. Instead of going to our family, to go to our spouse, or to go to... Um, I remember, uh, I don't know if I've shared this publicly, but uh, I think maybe I have. But uh, my wife and I had a, uh, a miscarriage between uh, Faith and Mark. And had we had that baby to term maybe we wouldn't have a mark. And so now we see the sovereignty of God and we're thankful for God's plan. Uh, that was a difficult time. And I remember my wife had a doctor's appointment and uh, I was unable to attend that doctor's appointment. Now, if I could go back in time and be there for her, I would have, but I wasn't. And, uh, and she got the news from the doctor that day uh, by herself and again, I have some regrets along those lines as her husband, but it kind of forced her to deal with this very overwhelming scenario in her life and in her heart. She was kind of forced to not talk to me. I think I had a very important meeting I had to go to, and again, nothing is more important than that. Again, I have regrets. But uh, the point was she went. she was kind of forced to go to the Lord and deal with it with just her and the Lord. And uh, she looks back at that and says, I really wanted you there, but actually I'm kind of glad that you weren't because then it was a really important moment in my relationship with the Lord to go to him instead of just talking to other people all the time. And so um, do you need to learn that lesson? Uh, prayer, perspective, Instead of looking at how big your problem is, why don't you ask to go to the rock that is higher than you so that you have a better perspective on the problems that you're going through? Because really, ultimately, we're on the winning side. <laughs> uh, 
nothing can separate me from the love of God. And so problems come at me, no big deal, because I'm on the Lord's side and he's on my side. And you know what I mean? Do you need that perspective in your life? Do you need to go back into your life and see how God did bless and how God did deliver? And then that gives you faith for today and faith for tomorrow. Do you need to go back to the promises that you've made and remember those things and then say, okay, now's the time where those promises are either kept or not. Am I going to keep them in the midst of difficulty? Yes, I'm going to, like David said he was going to. And then preservation, understanding that God does preserve us and and, uh, remembering that and then deciding to praise him even in the midst of difficulty. That's when God wants to hear you sing. He wants to hear us sing on the good days, but he also wants to hear us sing on the bad days. And really, those are the times where he wants to hear us sing the most. And uh, so, what do you need to implement into your life uh, tonight? And uh, with that, we'll have a word of prayer, and then we'll take some prayer requests uh, real briefly tonight. Lord, thank you so much for your love for us. Thank you for Psalm 61 that helps us to not be overcome even when we're going through overwhelming situations. And I pray, Lord, you'd help us to apply these truths to our lives tonight. And we pray these things in your name. Amen. Well, if you take your uh, prayer bulletin out, and uh, we'll go ahead and uh, just make any updates and add any real quick. Let's see. Brother uh, Scott Stino, would you mind... uh, if you don't mind taking some notes, and then when we're done with adding them, would you mind having a word of prayer for these requests um, publicly? And you can just do it right there in your seat. That's totally fine. Do we have any uh, any updates to the ones listed on here tonight? Uh, yes, ma'am. prosthetic leg. Yeah, that uh, appointment was on October 4th, right? Oh, yes, sir. Okay. Yeah. Good. Good. Good, good, good. Okay. Any other updates to the ones listed here? Yes, ma'am. Yeah. Oh, man. Okay. Well, we'll be praying for that situation, of course. Okay. Any other updates tonight to the ones listed on here? How about any new ones tonight to be added? All right. A pretty easy list to remember. Uh, but if you don't mind praying for Derek's dad, and then also Lonnie, and then um, also the upcoming elections, if you don't mind praying for those three requests, and then when Brother Scott's done, we'll be dismissed. If you can head over uh, to the uh, fellowship hall, if you've got a couple minutes to help set up for the ladies' activity, that would be a blessing. Um, but uh, thank you all for being here. I uh, hope the message was a help and encouragement. And uh, we'll look forward to seeing you on Saturday or Sunday. Uh, 
here or in the air, as they say. All right. Brother Scott, if you would mind uh, praying.